I'm sitting right. in my rocking chair, man. So you guys, let's go for it. We got him in the rocking chair. He's back. Derek Irvin. Shamaya back from Vegas. Stats and rock always holding it down. Rudy here. This is Sweep the League. Candace is on mommy duty tonight. She's working late and she's getting ready for that Cowboys W or L. We're going to get into that quick too tonight here. This is Sweep the League. It is Monday night. We're sweeping the league. The entire crew here. Candace is on vacation, like we said. Guys, welcome back, man. Stats and rock. You guys, you know. Every single week, you guys are holding it down. We got two of uh, two of our other hosts on the show, Derek and Shamaya back. Derek, um, Team Gervin, how's it going, man? I, I see you're you're looking in for a conditioning coach now. Yeah, it's going better. Um, I've been doing a lot more drills with the guys, so just trying to get them to more have an understanding of the game. Um, it's kind of like putting the cart before the horse. If you go out here and put these guys out here and uh, expect them to do things, but they don't have a clear understanding of the game. So I'm trying to work more on getting them to understand the game. And I think that'll help them. And it also helped me keep me from having a heart attack as well. <laughs> I hear you completely on that, man. Shamaya, I'm assuming since Shamaya is back with us that he didn't come back a millionaire from Vegas. So <laughs> he's uh, he's back with us on Safety League after a little hiatus, some WNBA action and some Vegas action as well. Shamaya, welcome back, man. How was Vegas, man? Oh, yeah. I mean, Vegas was lit. It was it was a good experience. It was nice time to refresh, man, and just have the opportunity to gather your thoughts and, you know, enjoy the scenery. It was an amazing experience to watch the Aces play. We went to uh, game two in the finals. Uh, saw a lot of NBA players out there supporting. Uh, ja was out there. He was he had his own film crew, which was kind of crazy. But the atmosphere was just, it was just awesome. And, uh, to see, you know, Chelsea Gray uh, do her thing, also Asia Wilson. It was it was just, for me, it was a learning curve because I, I wasn't following the WNBA. But now I'm definitely going to make sure I follow the, the WNBA because it was just a great turnout. I mean, they have some crazy, awesome fans. And what I thought was interesting, I'm going to put it back to you, Rudy, is they play really cool music, like hip-hop music, during the game mm -hmm. i mean it felt like the players were just in rhythm doing their thing like street ball i'm like wow this is pretty dope because in the nba they don't play the music like just running it was like they had a playlist it was crazy it, it had like a like street ball vibe so i was like man it's kind of cool yeah the environment is good and i actually enjoyed it here in uh san antonio when we had the silver stars it was always a good um environment man but i'm kind of jealous because uh one of the girls I liked, uh, the WNBA plays for Connecticut, is uh, Dejanai Carrington. Um, I, I don't know. She's just something about her game. I like her game, but I like a Jai Wilson as well. Uh, I'm glad you got to go to Vegas and experience it, dude. Rock and stats. Uh, I've seen stats in Austin lately. What's been going on? Are you, are you getting wasted on 6th Street? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, of course, my my last big trip was that uh, the Dallas Cowboys opener. Uh, the I'm Jinx. Sure. The Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we called it. Yeah, the Jinx. The Jinx trip. Um, I was expecting. <laughs> I was. I was expecting a good time. Well, a good game. Uh, we didn't quite get that. No one in that uh, stadium got that, unfortunately. But uh, it was a good time either way. So at least uh, if you don't get a good game, you'll have a good time uh, with the environment, the ambience. So it was. It was a lot of fun. 
And Rock is, uh, he's steadily back. We're getting to everybody here on Sweep the League. Uh, Rock is, he's on a high right now because his Cowboys won last week. They're expecting the win tonight against the Giants. I have the Cowboys losing, as I always do. I always expect them to lose every single game. Are you doing okay, Rock? Are you excited (laughs) about this game tonight, Rock? (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, like, you know, I'm alive. I'm here. Um, I mean, I always get excited. I always get excited to do the podcast with y'all. You're always a fun group. But uh, this game's kind of this game's kind of tricky for me, man. I know people can see this as a W in the past. The Cowboys have had the Giants number, but it's a division rival. Division rival games can either go either way. And especially with Cooper Rush up there, it's just it just depends, man. I mean, I know Cooper looked good last game, but maybe the Giants send something else. But Cowboys have a lot of good things going for them. Uh, I know Giants will be without their, some of their top corners and one of their best linemen, so we'll have to see. All right, man. So that's from everybody here at Sweep the League. Remember, you can catch Sweep the League wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Apple, wherever podcasts are available. But also, don't forget about Baller Boys Podcast. I am Refocus Radio, Shamaya on the Beats, Internet Radio. And you cannot forget one of the hottest shows on Facebook, the D. Gervin Big Mo Show. And I finally said it right, Derek. I've been having trouble saying y'all's titles every week, but I'm getting it good every single time. Better, better late than never, my friend. I I give y'all the shout out every week, but I flip yeah, up over that title every single week. <laughs> I've got it written down left and right all over my desk. So is my is my show easier to remember? Because I'm going to bring my show back as well. Wait, yes, it is. And when you bring as your good, show as back, good as, as good as it gets. Yeah, as good as it gets. Derek Irvin, that's another show, all a part of the family here uh, for the Sweep the League Network as well. But hey, guys, let's get into this. Today is Spurs Media Day. It's an exciting day for Spurs fans on the media front because let's be real coach pop basically just bursted every single bubble when he said don't expect this team to win a championship and you know it's not necessarily it's a morale killer but you've got to put it into focus i mean this is a very young team there's going to be a lot of learning curves it's going to be it's going to be a lot of teaching lessons going into this season rock do you have any quotes from today's media day before we get into the panel here yeah, you know, like you said, you hit the head on the nail with that with that first quote that Pop said. You know, just if it, people missed it, um, Pop said, "I probably shouldn't say this, um, but I'll say nobody here should go to Vegas without a bed to win the championship." And he also spoke a lot on the team's focus on development this year. But uh, what I, from what I saw from Twitter and from the media, the theme of the press conference was a lot about development, and a lot of the players are really excited for him. Um, Devin Vassell said, "You know, I don't think I can put it into words. I'm extremely excited." This is going to be a big year, not only for me, but for the organization to grow and build. But uh, I think I noticed that a lot of the players were really upset about, you know, DeJounte leaving in a sense. Um, some of them were kind of blindsided. I know Josh Primo mentioned that. But you can just tell that they really cared about the guy, even though the whole uh, fiasco of, you know, DeJounte kind of trashing on, on the Spurs organization. But uh, I, there's still that brotherhood right there. So it kind of just goes to show, you know, no matter what the media says, you know, those players are still most likely friends. But I think my favorite quote, um, over there was when uh, Shohan said that Kelvin called him Sprinkles because of his hair. <laughs> uh, that, made me, that made me kind of laugh. And if people haven't seen uh, Shohan's hair, it's Fiesta colors. But he also said that Kelvin said he might let him dye his hair sometime in the season. I think – Oh, uh, Dennis Rodman returns, Rudy. I'm sorry. Dennis no, no, Rodman returns. Rodman returns. And I think, uh, I think what I can do is – why don't I go all Jeremy Sohan for the red kettle drive that's coming up one day? That that would be kind of crazy. I don't hey, think I can get I'm fired. That'd be wild. 
All right, so we might have to do some uh, some Sohan and Rodman old Spurs time stuff here. So we'll have to look into that. Derek, um, because other than, you know, myself, who is a former NBA player on 2K, you are our former NBA player going into this season for the Spurs. Um, hearing Pop say, you know what, this don't bet the championship, or, you know, don't bet on us to win the title, obviously. Uh, and again, you know, you don't want to make it seem like you're just shitting on your team before the season starts. You still want your players to develop confidence as a player. What kind of what kind of, you know, I guess not attitude, but what kind of focus does it give you hearing your coach come in and say that knowing your ultimate goal is to win? Well, first of all, uh, the people out here aren't crazy. You always got a few out there, but I mean, who really expected the Spurs to do, really do well this year? Uh, they're basically in a rebuilding process, and all Papa's doing is just using the opposite. Instead of uh, you know praising the guys and lifting them up, he's talking so that guys will be more motivated to prove him wrong. Um, you got a bunch of young guys, and sometimes when you come in this league, you start making that money. Guys are content. And so I don't going into the season, uh, I expect it to be a tough year, but I know the guys are going to play hard. Just like I said last year, it was going to be a tough year. But uh, he's just trying to set the expectations low just to motivate these guys. You have to pull out all the tricks. And Pop is one of the greatest coaches that ever lived. So we know he's not into in, uh, doing this to lose. Every coach wants to win. But sometimes you have to try to shake up the players and uh, whatever it may take. And for me, it looks like he's just trying to do the uh, using the opposite tool to try to motivate these, these guys. And, uh, hey, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. It might end up doing, uh, hey, making them go a little further than we expect. Yeah, I kind of I kind of see what you're saying with Pop being that motivational guy for this team. I mean, just saying, you know, put it in reality. But we all know for a fact these guys are going to come out here. They're going to play. And, you know, going to, to Shamaya real quick, being that he was in Vegas, man, would you put down $1,000, Shamaya, if you had $1,000 to blow? Because you're making that producer money, man. You're, you're, you're riding around like Dr. Dre and stuff right now. So putting that $1,000 down is no big thing. But... Going into the San Antonio Spurs season, Shamaya, I mean, just the odds in Vegas, I think, are alone. We're like 400 to one right now. What do you feel about going into the Spurs season, you know, being media day that the whole focus is, you know, just rebuild and, you know, trying to teach these kids to play ball the right way? Well, first of all, I will put a thousand dollars worth of Monopoly money because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just being real, I think the young players we have on the squad, I think they're going to be hungry. I think Keldon Johnson is is going to really push himself this season. And I, I'm really excited to see what can happen. But I'm going to ride with Coach Pop, man. I'm not putting the bet on just yet for a championship. But I will say I am very comfortable in having – you know, my space jam juice real quick and say, I'm hoping for the Spurs to make the playoffs. I will go that far. I won't go as far as saying championship, but I will say I would love to see them in the playoffs because I think that would be a, a confidence booster for the whole squad to say, you know what, despite what anyone feels, we're still the Spurs organization. 
Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that. And that's the thing. You're still the Spurs. Spurs have a rich history. Pop has a great coaching record. You know, he's a great teacher as well. Heading into the season stats, uh, you got the Spurs media day. You've got, you know, players saying that, you know, we're we're ready for the season. Their expectations are to make the playoffs. Pop saying not really hold it back a little bit. Do you see a player on this year's team that might just stand out more than anyone else? Uh, for me, it's the, the easy pick here is Kelton. Uh, I think he's going to average like 22 points a game next season. Um, clearly, he's the guy now. Uh, he is the face as of right now. And uh, I think, like you said, um, Pop wants to motivate these guys. These guys want to be pushed. And that's what I appreciate about this young core. They're not arrogant. They don't have a lot of pride in them. They want to learn. And even if that means, you know, trial and error, trial by fire, even if they make mistakes, because that's how you're going to grow. And uh, that's what I appreciate about this young squad. And I think Pop was just laying down the law. I actually think he was being kinder on media day than, than he could have. Cause like it, we, we all know they're not going to go to the championship. They're not going to win a championship. They're probably not going to make the playoffs realistically, but they, these guys have heart. And I think he's just, you know, he's trying to motivate them. And I think both of these, both the, both the players and pop are on the same page. And to me, that's the most important thing. Uh, there's this locker room cohesiveness between management pop in the players. And if you have that going into a season, I mean, you can only, you can only look up, you know, like you, you can only go get better from here. Uh, if they do make the playoffs, that's going to be a huge win for them either way. Cause no one expected them to make it. Uh, but yeah, I think pop was right in just laying down the law, especially for the fans. Uh, sometimes you got those fans out there that don't get me wrong. It's good to love your Spurs, but you know, come on people. You got to be a little realistic about these things, about your expectations. Reverse exactly. psychology, Rudy. He's got he's using reverse psychology on the young guys. That's all. He's trying to keep them motivated. Going to the camp, going uh, stay, just stay motivated. Keep working hard, and then let the chips fall where they may. And I'm gonna say this quickly: uh, for them to make the playoffs, whether it's playing game or whatever, it'll be huge because you, as we know, both of these conferences have become quite loaded. So I'm going to oh, continue to believe in the Spurs, and I'm just going to keep my hopes up high for them and just hey, just see. I believe they're going to play well. They're going to overexceed some expectations. They they have a really tough first 20-game schedule. And I was on uh, Lockdown Spurs with Jeff Garcia weeks back, maybe a month ago. We went over the first couple of games, or well, the first 20 games, and I made a note. I said – Looking at that first 20 games, I wouldn't surprise be surprised if they went two and 18 because there are so many playoff teams they're playing. They're playing a very loaded front end schedule. Two and 18 is something that I can definitely see happening. But you're right. The expectations are low. And when you have low expectations, you have nothing to lose. You have that dog mentality to come out and just do better than what's expected. I mean, that's that's technically the way it really is for a lot of these teams. And, you know, Rock, I'm going to give you the last one here. I know Derek has an idea. We all have an idea, but I want to put Rock on the spot here. Pop said that Jakob is the only guy that has a starting position right now, surprising a lot of people because <laughs> everybody expected Keldon Johnson to have a starting spot. Now, we know Keldon is out because of a shoulder injury. He should be back game one of the season. I think he's going to be out a little bit longer than the first game of the season. I think he's going to be out a couple of games to start the season. But with Yaka being the only guy, who would you put in for the other four positions? 
Man, I thought you're gonna. Are you gonna ask me sort of a different question? Going off and uh, putting me on the spot, I'd probably start uh, what Primo, Primo Vassell. Uh, I want to throw Shohan in there, man. I want to see what Shohan's available, but I'd probably put Shohan and then maybe Doug just to spread the floor necessarily if Doug's healthy. But their line, their roster is just kind of confusing to me. I really just hope the young guys get those minutes and those runs just to experience it. You know, like all of y'all said, they have nothing to lose, so why not put them in the winger and, and just to see what they can do. Um, like Derek, Derek kept reiterating, you know, he's trying to just motivate them and just have them in. But I think I would probably put, like I said, Primo, Vassell, Shohan, and Doug, and then Jakob. Do you think Tommy Cousy makes the Spurs roster? Tommy Cousy. Exactly. Exactly. I'm getting like a who? Other I was like, what? Derek. <laughs> Other than Derek, probably not many people know who Tommy Cousy is. But Rudy, is that an alias for you? No, no. I, I, uh, that was the guy I created on 2K the other day. So <laughs> Tommy Cousy is the guy. Is Josh Richardson still here? Yeah, he is. He is. And, you know, honestly, I'm going to just say this before we move on to some other topics here. I'm going to say that the face of the franchise by the end of season come is going to be Devin Vassell. I really, I, you and I have talked about him on the radio a lot and I've seen so much this off season as far as not necessarily his workouts, but when you got to the end of last season, you saw Devin starting to come out of his shell, starting to make plays and with Keldon being out in the preseason and training camp, the Spurs need that leader. And I think Devin is that guy. Primo's too young. Trey Jones and Jakob, I think, are too quiet. I think Devin is that guy that the Spurs are and the Spurs fans are going to see take that next step. And it's actually going to open up a lot more doors for Keldon Johnson uh, because Devin has the he essentially he can be that. Like I told Derek before, that Scottie Pippen type player, two way player, get to the basket, can knock down shots, just a fiery, fiery guy. I fully expect Devin Vassell to be that guy for the San Antonio Spurs at the end of this year. Dude is shredded too. He is. He obviously he's been following my Instagram and Facebook because he's seen <laughs> the Rudy Compost diet. Yeah. He's yeah, he's seen how shredded I've gotten. Shredded like barbacoa is the way I've been coming, but Ooh. I definitely can't nice. go any bigger than that. <laughs> All right. So we've got a couple, we're gonna get dirty and down here in a minute. We're gonna talk a little Brett Favre. We're gonna talk a little bit about email doka before we move on to some NFL stuff and then sweeper keep. But again, just a reminder, this is sweep the league every single Monday night. Baller Boys podcast comes to you every single Tuesday. I am Refocused Radio with Shamaya, also Shamaya on the Beats, internet radio station. You got to go check that out. A lot, a lot of great music on the internet radio station. Also, as good as it gets, is coming from Derek Gervin pretty soon here, but he still has the D Gervin Big Mo Show on Monday nights on Facebook. One of the best shows on Facebook. Got to catch that. All of uh, all of the uh, all of the great programs here that we all recommend here from Sweep the League Network. So. Brett Favre, I mean, this is a subject I know like a couple of you guys may not follow it. I really didn't follow it too, too much. Um, I know Derek's been following it as well, but the whole Brett Favre thing. So in a nutshell, and I might be forgetting of a couple of things here was basically it was money that he was asking for as far as like build a, a volleyball gym for Southern Mississippi, uh, where his former college, his daughter went there, plays volleyball there too. 
and money was just kind of going from programs that were supposed to help uh, poor and underprivileged families. And it was kind of going towards bread and they were basically funneling money out to other things. Now, I just read recently that former WWE legend and Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase was also involved in this whole thing as well. So there's multiple people involved. Derek, I know you've been wanting to talk about this. I'm going to let you have the floor. We can chime in whenever we get a chance here. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, man. I'm kind of disgusted, um, but it breaks my heart because I was a guy that's been in uh, a big Brett Favre fan Mm -hmm. doing his playing days, um, even though, you know, he had transgressions back then as well. But when you start talking about bilking money from um, the, it's the poorest state in the country. Yeah. And, and Brett made one hundred and thirty eight million dollars in his career. And so when you start talking about and you know how people start, they won't be honest. They start making up all these stories. Um, but, you know, he wants money to raise money for a volleyball arena or whatever for him because his daughter's on the team. And when you started doing those kind of things, uh, as we know, that's under the table stuff. And he's not in it alone. He's not the only one that's guilty. Uh, I don't want to condemn him too much because, we, you know, there's more of the story to come out. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we've been talking about Brett Favre in this kind of situation uh, and these text messages that kind of put him on the spot, um, I probably wouldn't have said anything if it weren't for some of these text messages trying to cover his back, uh, trying to make sure that people don't know uh, what's going on. You know, the under the table sneaky stuff, but to me it's illegal. There have been a lot of people that have been locked up for worse. And then uh, when you get allowing this, and the biggest problem I have with it is they've been kind of trying to uh, wipe it under the rug. And uh, they've been real quiet on this issue. Uh, we've been hearing a lot more about Adoka, about a man having a sexual relationship that to me, that'll never be more important than, a, and I'm not, I don't want people to start going in this racial thing because it has nothing to do with this. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the, the situation. When you start talking about stealing money from uh, Mississippi, that's the kind of stuff that breaks my heart. So I'm sure they'll get to the end of this, the, the story. But yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Um, it's a black mark for the, N, for the NFL. Uh, it's a black mark for the people that are around Brett Favre that have allowed this kind of stuff to go on. And I'm sure they'll get uh, more stories soon. So I'll reserve the rest of my judgment until I you know, hear what's going on as we move forward. Yeah, it's the same thing with me. I want to reserve a lot of what I say. As far as I go, I'm very disappointed. I I mean, come on, Brett Favre drafted by the Falcons. I own a Falcon Brett Favre jersey. I mean, I was a fan of his while he was playing in Green Bay. I mean, one of the true legends of the NFL, and for this to come out, it's heartbreaking. I mean... There's a lot of ways to go about getting money for a gymnasium, especially a volleyball gymnasium. If you're Brett Favre, you know a lot of ways to fundraise money. You know a lot of ways to do that. To even get remotely involved in anything like this is just such a terrible, terrible black eye for the NFL and for him in general. I mean, it's it's so, so bad. I hope the situation... Uh, is brought to light just like every situation and we know exactly what happened but you're right the text messages that i even read it's it's just heartbreaking to know that a lot of families you know because you're right mississippi is one of the states that's uh very poor probably the poorest state in you know the united states it's heartbreaking to know that this money wasn't used for them at all 
And that's that's very, very heartbreaking. I don't know if any of you guys got anything else on this subject. If not, we can definitely move on um, to email here. Nobody. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. Okay, cool, man. So, yeah, I was for Derek and I talking about the Brett Favre stuff. Uh, email Udoka. So, you know, you get that Woj bomb and all this other stuff, you know, middle of the night or whatever. And it's like, you know, Ime Udoka is about to be suspended for an entire year course the first thing that hit my mind was not um sexual misconduct allegations anything like that the first thing that hit my mind is kevin durant like did he tamper with anything as far as kevin durant goes because all the talks of KD joining the warriors the celtics there was possibilities that Adoka maybe had talked to kevin durant outside of you know whatever you know the league found out that was the first thing i could definitely say that Knowing that there was any type of sexual relations with any women, consensual or not, that never crossed my mind at all from Ime Odoka. Like, never once. And I will I will admit that to the day I die. So to hear that coming out is, it's pretty shocking to me. And I don't know, I don't know if we're ever going to see Ime coach again. That's my thing. Um, came out with one woman, uh, as mentioned earlier, it's probably a second woman involved. I mean, the more that comes out, the more this looks very bad for Ime. And I just want to get y'all's guys' thoughts on it. Um, definitely could start with Derek on this. Um, Ime Udoka, that whole situation, man, it's not looking pretty, especially with Jalen Brown coming out with some comments lately. Yeah. Well, this break, I'm going to tell you the main read. This breaks my heart. Um, because of these are, you know, all these coaches out here um, that have been in the Spurs system. And for him to go to Boston and get this opportunity, uh, and I know there's some guilt there. They wouldn't have suspended him for no reason whatsoever because you're looking at a big lawsuit. But for this to go on, uh, Eme had his chance to speak. Uh, he said he would prefer not to comment on it any further. So that does mean it's true because if it wasn't true, you would have spoke up, so your name is not tarnished. So I don't know how much of the story is going to, how much more is going to come out, but it's sad. Um, this woman that's involved, her name has come out, and I can kind of understand why they were reluctant to release her name because um, that's another lawsuit possibly that could happen. So it's just sad for the NBA. Um, the collective bargain agreement will be coming up soon, and this, uh, this is going to hurt a lot of the players. And I mean that overall, it's going to hurt the NBA coaches. It's going to hurt everyone. Uh, the trust factor somewhat has been broken. And the reason I don't think, and I'm just going to be real, I don't mm -hmm. see any coaching anymore as a head coach in the league. What coach is going to, what, what owners are going to trust him, especially if you're dealing with younger people, who's going to trust him to be around their wife or their or they daughters? So that's the part that really saddens me. Um, we don't know the whole story, entire story, but there's going to be more to come out. And the stuff that I've heard um, from some pretty reputable sources, it's, it's, it's ugly. There's a lot that went on. Um, there's a lot more that's going to be uncovered. And I just hope they get this all settled, man. And oh, I don't know what to say. I got to wish these people that are going through this, uh, the Boston Celtics, I know they had a hard decision to make. Right. You saw Brad Stevens, man, he was broken up um, on the podium when he spoke. And it's just a sad situation for a team that went to the championship last year and um, a guy that 
came from the Spurs and got his opportunity. And I just hope that he didn't blow it, man. I, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it's something – Ime was a great coach. I mean, obviously Boston saw a lot in him. He took them to the finals. I mean, a Celtics team that was kind of in disarray, he brought together, got them to the finals. And then for this to happen, it definitely is heartbreaking. And But you know what? If, you know, if you if you get caught, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, getting caught, you have to pay the penalty and the price for whatever happens and whatever went on. Um, hey, Rudy, yo, the power of the doorbell camera. Uh, You'll be hearing about now people will be going out buying doorbell cameras. There's it's like we talked about uh, as far as everything goes in today's society. There's a camera everywhere. All eyes are on you 100% of the time, no matter what. So if you think you're doing something wrong and you know it's wrong, you probably shouldn't do it because some way, somehow, somebody will find out because, man, there are, you're right, doorbell cameras, little cameras, whatever, they're out there. And in today's world of social media, videos are king and they will get you the likes and the recognition you want, whether it be good or bad. And that's the tough part about this whole thing. Stats, uh, Rock, Shamaya, the email stuff, man. Y'all guys got anything y'all want to chime in on here uh, for email Doka? In Jalen Brown's words, there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there yeah. is a lot going on. Mark, you got anything, bud? Uh, just just really sad, man. And you you mentioned his first year as a head coach. He does a phenomenal job. Um, it's interesting because a lot of people forget it's not like the Celtics. It's not like Ime had gotten gold success right from the get-go. This Celtics team struggled for the first half of the season. And to do what he did, like to rally the troops, get these guys back in the game and focus and get these young guns back, you know, get to the finals in his first season and to be able to overcome some drama like that, that speaks volumes. But um, I mean, of course that has nothing to do with what's, what's going on here. And again, that's like you said, it's just very heartbreaking. It's sad. And for everyone involved um, and especially for the victims who are involved in this. And um, it's just a shame because, you know, there's talent, there was something good there and it just got soiled. And um, the Celtics, you know, they're probably not going to make it to the finals next season. They can. Uh, their roster is loaded. Um, and they actually somehow got better this offseason. So, um, yeah. yeah, I wish them luck. I wish them luck. But, I mean, it's just very sad. Yeah. Rock, you got anything on the e stuff? Yeah, I just think, you know, the whole situation is very sad itself. But I think the horrible part was, you know, the report was saying that this, the Celtics knew – for several months and Neilon just mm -hmm. barely found out when it came out a couple days before like in a sense like I get the organization wants to handle it internally probably and, and let the information spit out itself but how is your how are you gonna let the guy the person the person's wife who I heard was just moving to Boston and she has to find out that way I mean they knew it for a couple months and I did well, well they just cut him off a, 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 an NBA run it's like when things come out you got to let it come out right there and then you solve it right there and then but it just makes it look so much worse that they knew for several months and it's like come on dude like there's a lot of people in the wrong in the situation and i and i agree with you i don't think he's gonna coach again um it's kind of weird on the selfish part they suspended him for a whole year but i think they're just kind of doing that because there was probably at least one team that are gonna look past it and just hire him but 
I think, you know, it's going to be a, a very uh, sticky situation of what's going to actually happen to him. Maybe he gets banned for life. I don't I don't know. But it's just it's just a weird situation. And it's just overall sad in general. Hey, no general manager can hire you without the approval of the owners. Yeah. And I mean, does, does something like this get overlooked, Derek, like within time, maybe like three or four years? As far as being a head coach? Yeah, I would say so. I can't see it, man. I mean, we're just being honest. Has Mark Jackson coached anymore? No. There's certain things that get you. And his thing was a religious thing, and a lot of people felt that he was standoffish. Uh, Who's going to be able to trust Amy? Because just like you spoke earlier, you had a lot of trust in the man. So did I. Yeah. But when you come out with things like this, and now we're hearing that it might not even been consensual. Um, they may possibly broken off the, the relationship, and he continued to uh, bother this woman. And that's where a lot of the problem seems to be right now that they're talking about. The relationship broke off, but he would not let it go. And so when you're dealing with situations like that, I mean, there's always going to be some people that's not forgiving. And the NBA is trying to clean up their image right now because it's not the the ratings are not the highest that they've ever been. So I don't know what's going to happen three or four years down the line. I mean, that's a lot of days. You're talking about 14, 1500 days from now. But as of now, this is a sticky situation. And, um, and when they resolve it, then we'll be able to tell if he'll be able to coach again. Yeah. And that's that's something, too. We just got to realize that there's I mean, the possibility is very slim that he is going to be coaching again anywhere. Um, but it's so tough, man. These, you know, does something right, forgiveness and all this other stuff. We have no idea what's going to happen. But ultimately, I don't think he does. I really don't think he coaches again uh, in the NBA. Boston moves on from him. They wash their hands clean. Especially, you got to remember, too, look at, you know, Phoenix, the whole Sarver thing. I mean, the NBA is getting hit left and right with stuff. So, they're going to try to keep that squeaky clean image, you know, as far as intact as they can. So I kind of do feel that, you know, with that going on too with Sarver, that Ime's days in the NBA as coach are, are done. I mean, I don't see him doing anything anywhere at all anymore. Hey, uh, hey Rudy, can I say yeah. this quickly? Yeah, go ahead. If it doesn't work out with Mr. Missoula, and I hope it does, you already know where I'm going, Rudy. The other guys on here don't know, but you know who I said is the next candidate for me while we've been talking about Las Vegas. If this mm-hmm. doesn't work out with Mr. Missoula, my, my, I'm throwing the hat, her name out there. Once again, Becky Hammond. Perfect, yeah. perfect time that someone's going to step in. And that will be my vote for the next coach. I don't disagree. And, yeah, I have said that I do agree with that take. Let me go around the horn real quick with Shamaya Rock and Mark on this. Becky Hammond. You know, next coach for the Boston Celtics. What she had one, if not the greatest uh seasons, not WNBA seasons, just one of the greatest seasons, you know, as a coach in any sport almost already with the WNBA uh Las Vegas Aces. Could that turn into a head coaching job with the legendary Boston Celtics? It'd be nice. I'd love to see it. Heck, give her a nice pay salary. To where it makes everyone be like, dang, because she deserves it. I mean, you're talking about someone real quick that really made it happen in one season. I mean, who does that? And and she did it in such a way, like she made it look easy. And everyone should know it was that exact opposite. 
Hey, Rick, hey, Rudy, this would be like a fairy tale thing. And you know why I say that? What's the team? What's the first? Uh, who was the first African American coach in the NBA? Oh, God. It's Bill not, Russell. I'll say Bill Russell, but he was a player coach at the time, wasn't he? What team? Wasn't Boston, was it? Yes. Yeah, Boston. Player so, coach Boston. first one to bring an African American coach, uh, Red Arback, had a lot of faith in him. So, why mm-hmm. not the first team to bring in the female? There you go. There I you go. It. That would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. Rock stats. What are y'all feeling on Becky here? I mean, I see why not. I mean, she's coming off a really spectacular season. Um, I agree with Shamaya. Just throw, not necessarily throw, but give her a salary where you're like, oh, damn, you know, Becky is making that much. Damn. Okay. I see. I see you, girl. Get your money up. <laughs> but, uh, Nah, I mean, I don't see why not. She has all. She had all the credentials even before she earned a title. She had all. She had all the praise and the and, and a resume to back up it. And it's a shame that she couldn't get a, a, a head coaching job beforehand before she made her jump to the WNBA. But I think now would be the perfect chance, um, to do it. You know, she she's an uh, incredible person, and uh, you can tell that she's really liked by all the players. And she has a really great basketball knowledge. So why not? Let, let her get her feet wet, and then she could take over Las Vegas in a couple of years when they bring their team. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's not the Spurs leaving. Like, every other San Antonio team did to Vegas. <laughs> Stats, <Wow>. what you, <laughs> Stats, what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, man. Well, actually, you know, as, as y'all alluded to earlier, it's just perfect timing, if anything, too, to bring her on as the head coach just because of the – controversy and all the stuff that's going on within the organization it would just you know of course it fix it doesn't fix everything but it makes the image of the organization look a lot better um and Derek you brought up a good point about Bill Russell bringing in the first African-American coach bringing in the first female like head coach and then given all the you know the controversy and the drama going on just timing is just perfect and it'll help with the image of the Celtics uh, organization yeah. But don't you guys don't you guys agree with me? It's not like we're just being it's not like she's just would be a token person that they bringing in. If you go by her basketball credentials, she's more than earned it, way more so than a lot of these NBA coaches that are currently coaching. Oh, she was uh, her name was in the hat for the Milwaukee Bucks job before Budenholzer got hired. So, you know, they were they were looking at her. So she's like, you know, she's gotten the eye of other organizations and teams. Yeah, she has. And, you know, let's not fail to mention uh, Candice Dupree, hired by the San Antonio Spurs to join yes, their coaching staff this year. Yes, another, great, another great mind that uh, is definitely going to be uh, joining the coaching ranks here in San Antonio. And the only other person that I could think of that I would definitely give multiple, multiple looks is Don Staley. I've talked about her a lot. And I think she can be a hell of an NBA head coach. If given the opportunity, which we will find out here pretty, pretty soon, I do feel that Becky is probably deserving of the Boston job Uh, in a small way. I I feel like it's going to head that way. They're probably going to just take this year for the Celtics to get reacclimated to everything that we might see Becky Hammond coaching the Boston Celtics the year after. Sweep the League radio podcast, Baller Boys podcast, the Gervin Big Mo Show on Facebook, Shamaya on the Beats, uh, I Am Refocused Radio, all part of the Sweep the League network. We got NFL talk before we get into Sweeper Keep. We'll make it pretty quick and short here. Um, I, I got a couple of questions. We're going to go around the around the horn here to you guys. Rock, I'm going to start with you, Cowboys and Giants. 
Um, I need Saquon to get me like 97 fantasy points tonight. I, I don't know if that's even possible, Rock. What do you? What's the outcome of tonight's game? Take off your cowboy fandom hat and give me the honest to god truth tonight. I know I mentioned it's going to be a close battle um, that people think, but um, due to the Cowboys having the Giants number for very many seasons, the last time the Giants beat the Cowboys was two seasons ago. I'm taking the Cowboys just because that defense, uh, Micah is just too good, man. He's arguably the best player on the field on, on both sides. And it's, it's going to be a good game, um, but I'm going to the Cowboys. But regarding Saquon, I don't think he gets 96 points, but I think he has a good good performance. Uh, Cowboys defense, Cowboys defense run run defense specifically did a good job last week with Mixon, but they let Leonard go crazy last week. Um, but I think they're gonna rely a lot on Saquon, and so eventually he's gonna break one. But no, ninety six points for you, man. That sucks. But you know what doesn't suck is I have to give props here. I I gotta give props to Derek and Shemaya. Y'all are on the clock here. Y'all, the spotlight is shining on you guys and the Lions because again, the Lions are just right there 28 to 24 against the vikings they put the vikings to the brink this lions team is not one that's far away from being not necessarily contenders for a title but we're talking playoffs playoffs i mean are you kidding me playoffs for the lions they're (laughs) they're right there man Hey, 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 I wore this. I'm where I'm sitting in this chair for a reason. I'm glad I was hoping you brought up my life. <laughs> yeah, man, I got I to. No, that's why I'm in. That's why I'm in the rocking chair. Uh, Dan Campbell, I'll tell you. For me, he, he should be gone. Uh, I just don't think he's the right coach for this team. I think we have a very some uh, very good pieces that these guys have now. Uh, they've added uh, on offense and defensive end. But sometimes uh, you might just need a change of scenery for the coach or whoever. Uh, and I think we're at that point in Detroit. Um, I, 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 my expectations were really high the first two games of the season. Uh, the first week we lose 38-35. The following week we put up 36 points. Um, that right there had me excited. And then, of course, we come back down to earth. And I think a big reason for that is um, Dan Campbell, uh, I don't think he gets it all the way. Um, I still think he's learning on the fly as a coach. But um, in Detroit, we don't have time for the waiting anymore. It's 2022. Uh, We've been in the league since 1957. Never been to a Super Bowl. Only won one playoff game since 1992. So I want to see a coach, a reputable coach, come in here and change this team around. Because all you guys know, sometimes you might have the pieces, kind of like the Cowboys. You could have the players. But then if you got a Jason Garrett or Mike McCarthy, they, you might not be <laughs> able to get all that you need from these players. Their potential isn't being maximized. And I feel that's where we are in Detroit. So, Dan Campbell, time to go, my man. There you go, man. Trying to bring back Wayne Fonsenka, right? I mean, that guy. Wayne Fonsenka, man. <laughs> Definitely got to bring him back. Hey, Shamaya, uh, your, your lines, man. I, I, I was like, you know, this is going to be a very tough year, but they're more impressive than the two-in-one Buccaneers that we're going to get into here. Give me some shout-outs <laughs> on your lines. Yeah, I mean, just like uh, what Derek's saying, he's actually right. I was wrong. I mean, I think the Lions were actually going to be like this exciting right now. 
and uh, that that says a lot. I think uh, to Derek's point, there, there's definitely talent on that team, and I agree, man. the The coach is probably the the weakest link that probably needs to go away uh, sometime soon. I mean, just. You know, we got a friend over at LA Rams that can tell you something about that. But <laughs> all jokes aside, we're not slamming and breaking cameras like uh someone the Bills. I'm sure y'all can get into that. Oh, but yeah. we we are doing something that's kind of making the city a little bit more exciting. And one thing we have in common with the Seahawks is we have the same record. So I think that'll be a, a fun game to watch, uh, you know, on Sunday. But yeah, man, short and sweet. I, I like what I'm seeing with Detroit. Uh, we'll see how things pan out. But yeah, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you should be very proud of the effort that they're putting in, the players are putting in right now. And you know what's sad is that we have to go without Jameson Williams for the Lions. I mean, once they get that speed, speedy guy back, golly. I mean, Amon Ra St. Brown alone is making this team fun. DeAndre Swift is making it fun. If you would have told me Jared Goff would be, you know, the second coming of possibly the future greatest show on turf, I would be laughing my ass off on that because Jared Goff just doesn't stand out to be that guy. But you've got a very talented Lions team here, very young Lions team here. Aiden yeah, Hutchinson. Kurt Warner going to be suing you, man. Ah, bring Kurt Warner on. I'll send him back to the grocery <laughs> store so we can bag all those groceries again. Let's speaking of bagging groceries, Tom Brady's about to bag groceries, isn't he? Stats. I mean, two and one is not a bad record in the NFL, but the Buccaneers have played the Cowboys, they've played the Saints, they've played the Packers. They've looked like shit this entire year. Are you terrified of how this season's gonna go for the Bucs? Yeah, I think people are overreacting, honestly. Uh they haven't been healthy. No way, man. They Come have on. they haven't been healthy. Uh, Godwin has Godwin's got to come back. Uh, I will say they do. They miss Gronkowski out there. Yeah. Tom, Tom always used him as his safety outlet out there in the middle of the field, this big refrigerator, just lugging and chugging down the field can catch everything um, when he was healthy. So you could tell that they miss him, but this Bucks defense is still elite, still pretty good. Uh, You saw all the problems they caused the Cowboys, uh, all the issues they gave the saints, uh, even uh, A-Rod, I mean, the Buccaneers defense kept them in that game uh, alone. So, um, yeah, I think it's an overreaction. Yeah, there's a little bit of fatigue, but Brady was throwing to – you talk about groceries, you know, like he was throwing to, like, grocery store employees, like in that last game. So Hey, Russell Gage is former Falcon. He's not a grocery store employee. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so, so like a jack-in-the-box employee or – well, I would say if you're going to give him groceries, he's he's Kroger, I guess. He's not exactly Handy Andy or Fiesta. I mean, he's okay. the Kroger version of bagging groceries. Okay, there but you go. I, Rudy with the clarification. Thank exactly. So shout out to the Falcons out there getting that victory yesterday. Killing my hopes for getting a number one pick because I really do want Will Anderson. But hey, stay for uh, later on tonight. I'm releasing my way too early NFL mock draft part one where the Falcons end up do getting Will Anderson with the fourth pick if the season ended today. That's the NFL mock draft. Way too early mock draft releasing today on Twitter sometime later tonight. Um, but hey, man, we're, we got everything covered. Let's go to Sweeper Keeps. Show's coming about to an end here. Sweeper Keeps, that's we got to get these topics going because I know Rock's got a lot to say, I'm sure. 
All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for sweep or keep. You're either going to sweep uh, whatever topic is brought up, tweet an opinion, which means you don't like it. You're going to throw it in the trash or you're going to keep it, which means you're going to put it on your mantle over your fireplace. So let's begin the game of sweep or keep. Gentlemen, we got a quote from Jason Whitlock regarding Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is an overpaid average quarterback who doesn't mask the deficiencies of his teammates or coaches. He's a poor man's Tom Brady who is being paid like he's Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen sweep or keep. Okay. I'm going to go first on this. I am keeping that all day, twice on Sunday. Dak is not going to ever lead you to a super bowl. Dak is not even Tony Romo. Dak, Dak is definitely overpaid. I've said it from the beginning. He's not a, he's just a guy that's going to come in here. He's going to get you some wins, but he's not that superstar quarterback that you need. He's not Troy Aikman. He's not Roger Starbuck. He's not a guy that's going to lead them to the promised land. This entire team's not going to lead anybody to the promised land. This entire team would definitely have a top, a hard time making it into the final four at the college uh, football series. There's no way this team is not good at all. Dak doesn't make it any better. They, if they really are serious, Jerry Jones needs to really buckle down and put a good team on the field. Yes, Dak is overrated, in my opinion. That's my call. I'm keeping what Whitlock said. Whoever wants to go on, jump on that bandwagon. I have plenty of room on this train for you guys. Well, I'm going to sweep that, Rudy, because you, just said, you just said yourself that the Dallas, they, doesn't have, they don't have a good team. So if they're going to good team doesn't have a good team, that means Dak is kind of handicapped. So if you surround him with the, the right players and the right pieces that we've been talking about, I mean, that makes him a better quarterback. No one saw Matt Stafford winning a Super Bowl. And, you know, I know very well about Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's a change of scenery or sometimes it's a change of what you're doing as far as your system. They don't have the offensive line that they have five or six years ago. So when you have that going on, of course, your team is going to falter. And the quarterback is the one that's going to take the biggest amount of blame. I believe if you surround Dak with the right pieces, there's still no guarantee that win the Super Bowl. But I believe if you give him the right pieces, he'll be a very, very, he's above more than a serviceable quarterback. And they, 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 they did all their research, in-depth research, before they gave him that money. And one thing we know, uh, the real commissioner of the NFL has never been a fool, and that's Jerry Jones. So they did their due diligence on, on Dak. And if they felt he was worth that money, that means they saw something that a lot of people don't see. So I think he's a very good quarterback. He just needs help. There you go. Whoever wants to jump in, Shamaya Rock, when are you guys want to jump in on this? Yeah, I'll say real quick, <clears throat> I'm keeping this because uh, I think the only bright future that you're going to see is the star on the helmet because <laughs> I don't think Dak is the leader for the Super Bowl. I mean, at, at this point in his career, I think, nah, I don't think you ever see a Super Bowl. And we hey, got to get to say this 30 seconds. If they brought in another quarterback this year, would they be winning the Super Bowl? No. No, <laughs> no. I don't. There's really nobody. I mean, if you was if Jerry was to trade for Aaron Rodgers, maybe because you've got 
you've got a way accurate quarterback. You got a guy that knows the position. I feel Dak doesn't know that position well enough to give this team any chance. That that's what it comes down to. He's a good quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback. You, you name one quarterback out of thirty-two. <laughs> uh, hey, well, Pat I mean, Mahomes on the Cowboys could do it. Championship. Yep. Yep. Super Bowl. Yep. Oh wow, that's a good one. I would have to. <laughs> we'd have to see that happen. I know Rock would be ecstatic to have Pat Mahomes on the Cowboys. No, yeah. yeah. If he was on the Cowboys, oh yeah, I'll I'll buy the jersey. <laughs> Come on, oh Rock. yeah, dude, dude. He'd be one of the most popular players since since I guess you could say the legend, like Aikman. I mean, he's from Texas itself, so he would have that fan base there, and he's one of the most you know popular players, but. If we jump to the topic itself, you know, I see both sides, but I, I'm kind of split. I would say I'm sweeping and keeping it just because on Rudy's side, I agree. Dak, Dak's not an elite quarterback and he's paid too much. But the thing is, the Cowboys front office are stupid as hell and they've always operated their business stupid as hell because they waited to pay him. They could have paid him before that everyone thought what he would have got and it would have looked even better because you have Lamar about to take, you know, $50 million. That's what he's wanting. But is he worth it? A lot of people, yes, you know, MVP numbers right now. But on Derek's side, I agree. It's the front office's fault for not surrounding Dak with the pieces. I understand what people can say. Well, other quarterbacks have done it with less talent around them. But the thing is, there's going to be different quarterbacks, and they need more help than usual. I mean, is it is it Dak's fault they got rid of his number one receiver? And, and he has a lot Thank of. Thank you, Rocky. Uh, Amari Cooper. And is it his fault that they have is, is Ezekiel Elliott as a starting running back? Is that Dak's fault? It, it, it's it's on the front office. They paid him. They overpaid him. They made the mistake. They've been dealing with it. I mean, yeah, in football or in any sport, you have your lucky breaks and things can happen. You know, injuries happen, all that. But the Cowboys are stuck with Dak essentially because it, they can't get out of Dak or try to trade him. I think till two uh, two years from now. But I had an argument with this over a fan saying, well, they're like, well, Cooper Rush should start over Dak when they're talking about that. I'm like, why the hell would they bench a $40 million quarterback for Cooper Rush? He played the Bengals. The Bengals, they bent his ass. Put him against the Bucks, and he's not going to beat the Bucks. <laughs> I guarantee that, man. I mean, tonight he'll do good. I, I think he'll throw a pick maybe, but I don't know because Gallup's not out there. But I think the Giants will kind of throw a different thing at Rush tonight. But Dak is light years above Rush. I'm glad Rush is helping them win, but. Dude, just those those fan people that hate Dak, I, I don't know why they keep saying so rush over him. Well, it's thank you, Rudy. It's what did I say? I, I thank you, yeah. Rock. Thank you, Rock. I was like, wait a minute. I did say that you know you should start Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott. I'm one of those guys. Shut up, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> no sorry, sorry, Rock. Rock. I, I meant Rocky. I'm sorry about that. Rock, I mean, I'm what what has complete. what has Dak accomplished though? That's my question. I mean. Name name one thing. Name one thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're scrapping sweeper keep for the special Dallas Cowboys. No, no. See, okay, like you have a point, but then you got to evaluate. Is it is it all on Dak or is it the team's fault? Is it? He's the quarterback, man. He he's leading the pack. So wait a minute. If let me ask you this, because I guess we're scrapping sweeper keep. This is a very hot topic here. But if Cooper Rush is winning with this Cowboys squad. Then where does that fall on the Dak talk? Now I'm not saying Dak should not start over Rush. You, you're paying Dak forty million dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying you're going to start me over Derek in an NBA game. That that makes no sense. Uh, makes well, no sense at all. But let's be real. Yeah. If no, look, Cooper leads yeah. the Cowboys to say he's undefeated for the next four games, uh-huh. and he's winning with less, 
because we're saying Dak has less. Does it change y'all's mind on that? I mean, it's a legit question. I mean, say, look- say Dak comes back and loses the first game. Well, hey, Rudy, now here's the thing. What if Dak comes back and loses to a really good team, a contender, and if Cooper Rush is beating teams that are non-contenders like the Giants? Isn't that a little You know what? It is. And that's what I'm trying to get into that too, because say, so they play the Giants, they play the Commanders. Okay. So say Dak is not back for the Rams game in three weeks. Uh If Cooper rushes out there and goes into LA and beats the Rams, is that convincing enough to say, okay, this guy has won four straight games for the boys. Dak's coming back. Do if Dak goes in the following week and loses to the Eagles or the Lions, then do you start to question? I mean, yeah. If he if he loses to the Lions, he gets cut. But you bring a good point, but then you go back to the fact like you said, you're not gonna bench a forty million dollar quarterback. I mean, you're if not. you really think Cooper Ross is the guy, then 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 pull the band-aid and try to you know try to move Dak, but you're gonna suffer a big cap hit. I say that I don't think Cooper Rush is the guy. You see differences in both their games. Cooper Rush plays more conservative, but Dak is more gunslinging in a way, and he has his legs. But you do bring a point, yeah. You know, if he wins with less talent, it, like there could be a debate. But I just don't think it's going to ever happen. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just so hard to justify it. Dak is going to be the next Tony. He's just going to be you know working in the booth someday. Hey, who do you guys, Ray, Shemar, all you guys, who do you guys think should be the starting running back? Pollard, 100%. Pollard. Is he the starting running back? No. So that's another thing that's handicapping Dak. He doesn't have a guy that can catch that ball out of the backfield. Man, Ezekiel's still in Cabo, so. But you have, okay, so you have local radio guys. Local radio guys, not us, because we're not on the radio right now. We will be later on, but not now. You have local radio guys that said basically people are stupid because why would you start Pollard over Zeke? Zeke gives you your best chance to win. And I call extreme bullshit on that. There's no way you can tell me that. At the goal line. I would only use Zeke at the goal line. Maybe so. Maybe so. Well, that's, that's what he's built for. That's the only, they throw him out there for the goal line. So Zeke is Jerome Bettis, essentially. Yep. Yep. Basically. Yes. Well, he's, he's the bus that broke down, but yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, now, he has yeah. a flat tire. <laughs> I, I, I just think it goes back to the same thing that we keep talking about, Dak. You know, you're not going to, the front office is too, I guess, arrogant to realize that they don't want to admit they messed up. They're not going to bench Zeke for Pollard. I mean, even though you see Pollard have different, a better skill set than Zeke. Yeah, Zeke's breaking down, but you still see him have those little burst runs, but they need to use both of them at the same time. I mean, yeah. Zeke was playing last year injured. I agree, Pollard should get more touches because. It gives Zeke possibly a, ch- a better chance to perform better with less touches and less injury wear. But I mean, it's just the front office. The front office is full of themselves. And that's why the Cowboys probably will never win because Jerry exactly. will never I, admit that he was wrong. I, yeah, I, I agree. I can agree to that point because I agree that the front office have wasted golden years of opportunity. They've now been you're. Like they've been like that since Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, now you're hoping, wishing they still got some uh, energy now. It's like, hey, guys, we're kind of aging out here. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, yeah, go go ahead and finish, Trey, because I was going to take us back to the DAC thing. Go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, you'll never convince me that the year they won with Barry Switzer, that that was all Barry's doing. 
that was Jimmy's team, hundred percent. Yeah, house. Barry Switzer. <laughs> that was the biggest puppet job in my I've ever seen. <laughs> so, um, with with Dak, um, first I'm gonna side with Rocky on this. Yeah, like absolutely not. Like Cooper Rush should not be starting over Dak. But here's what here's the big thing that it's gonna come down to, is. Dak's health when he comes back. Mm-hmm. My worry, I agree. my worry is going to be that he's going to rush back too soon, and he's going to look like crap. Man, uh, he look, he'll be like Tom Brady. He's going to well, age. Well, look what happened to Russell Wilson last season. It was like a shell of himself oh, yeah. when he came back. Um, yeah. Even right now, he's he's still trying to get you know back to his old let Russ cook self. Um, that Denver offense looks awful right now um so i'm i'm worried that he's gonna try to one come back too soon but two the cowboys are gonna feed him to the rams um and that would be awful it would be an awful look for Dak, and it would be a just an unfortunate way for the fans to kind of start leaning like oh maybe Dak, maybe we should just start cooper rush instead of Dak. even though Dak, i would prefer him over cooper rush but it comes down to health yeah It totally does, man. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. and before you go, real quick, I just want to add. Um, and you, you mentioned health. Dak has been hurt every season since 2019, man. And the Cowboys are gonna have to come down to the fact: Are you gonna keep running this guy out, or we're we gonna let this guy get hurt every damn season, man? It's so frustrating getting handicapped by Dak Prescott. And as much as I love to support him, man, he just, uh, as the words say, he just pisses me off every year, man. But I'm still gonna support the Cowboys. I know you will. Everybody will support the Cowboys because they're America's team, and I don't feel like getting divorced anytime soon. So that's why I support the Cowboys. America's team are one bar. Yeah, America's team and America's wedding ring in my case, right? Because I've got to support them for that reason. (laughs) Well, man, this has been Sweep the League. Derek Gervin, Shamaya on the Beats, Rocky Garza, Stats, Candice Avila is on mommy duty tonight. She'll be joining us next week. Sweep the League podcast every single Monday night. Baller Boys podcast. Shamaya on the Beats internet radio station. I am Refocus Radio. As good as it gets, making its return with Derek Irvin. But last and not least, one of the best shows on Facebook, D. Gervin Big Mo Show. It's going to happen tonight on Facebook, actually. Catch it on Facebook Live every single I got to tell you this, and I'm going to thank you, but I got to tell you, man, I had a lot of fun on this show today, man. I think all you guys are great, man. I love you guys, and it make I laugh, man, even more than I do on my show. So <laughs> you guys got something really good going here, and I just hope it continues. For sure, man. We're continuing every single week. Just to remind everybody, we are going to be doing the Red Kettle again with the Salvation army as well as being a part of the blue santa program so it's going to be a perfect holiday season for sweep the league uh i am refocus radio d gervin big mo baller boys podcast all of us are going to be giving back to the san antonio community as much as we can this holiday season so be looking for us out there come by say hi I guarantee you, you'll want Derek Gervin's autographs to get those college, those basketball cards out that he's got. Oh, I might ask for their autographs, so they don't there know me. Just come out and be a part of the show. Salvation Army is the best thing going, man. And I just thank you, Rudy, for even getting me involved in the first place, man. Anytime. I appreciate you guys for doing everything you do. So for the entire staff here at Sweep the League, until we sweep the game again next Monday, you guys have a good night. All you guys have a good night, man. I love you guys. Keep up the good work. Oh, yeah.